0: So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the fab foe
2: All right. Happy Thursday, everyone out there in Fish Podcast Media land. My name is Brian Brinkman. I am uh, very, very excited to be hanging out here with my friends Jonathan, Megan, and RJ, who's somewhere. I, I, I don't know exactly where, where he is, but um, he'll be here soon. He should be here soon. We're doing this live, though, right? Is that what's happening right now?
3: Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, what day is this?
2: Today's Thursday, December 9th.
3: Okay. Yeah. I have that too. So you, it must be live.
2: It must be live. We are deep in <laughs> December, which <laughs> we talked, uh, exactly one week ago about December fish. And, um, you know, it was funny when we were prepping for that episode, I would, you know, take screenshots of the jams I was listening to and I would send them to you guys Or I would send them to a couple other friends that I have who are also, you know, we just send jam recommendations. And one of my friends got very, very concerned because he was like, you are getting so far ahead in the year, in the month. What is going on? I had to explain (laughs) why I'm prepping for a podcast. This is what happens. But um, we are deep in the month of December. There are some great jams that occurred on this date in December fish history. The Simple from Penn State. The Tweezer from 12994. Hey, RJ. And, um,
0: I was there in 97. I just want to say that. Hello, everybody.
2: <laughs> oh, you were there. <laughs> what was that like going to it your rival in. school to see a 30 minute simple?
0: Well, let me tell you just quickly, cause I'm glad you asked. Um, I drove from Columbus with my friend and two friends and we drove through like the back roads of Pennsylvania in a snowstorm to get from Columbus to state college. And it was crazy because we didn't think we were going to make it and we thought we might crash and stuff. And um, we walked in and it was the middle of Mike's song, which was apparently the opener. And we were like, this is outrageous. Um, (laughs) So it was so fun. We stayed there that night. It was like a nice snowstorm and it was really fun. And uh, it's my only trip to State College.
2: Probably a good thing. I don't want to ruffle Matt Dwyer's feathers, but uh, probably hey, a good thing. Or, or
0: Nick's. Or Nick's. <laughs> or Nick's. You know, we we have a lot of team members from <clears> the <throat> to Penn State. Anyway, hey guys, <laughs> sorry I'm late.
2: There was another Blizzard yeah, show that happened on 12 9, 95 There was a good jam that was played that date. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't recall exactly. It's kind of a minor fish song.
3: It's not important.
2: It's a silent jam. <laughs> but um, we're not here to talk Decembers. We're here to talk about... December 9th is a good date in fish history. December 7th is a good date in fish history. December 11th is a good date in fish history, but there's one date that rules them all. December
4: Does it though? 30th. No. I'm just RJ is not I, convinced. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to spend the entire
2: hour making the argument that this is the greatest date in fish history. What, what say all of you generally speaking before we jump in?
4: I'm totally going to have your back. Uh, even it. just listening to these shows got me so excited for MSG and just made me realize how unbelievable this date is for so many reasons.
2: We've gone from being in opposition to each other about classic rock and about 95 versus 97 to now you
4: have my back. I love it. We're <laughs> together on this one.
3: It ain't no twelve one is what I'm here to say, uh, but there's some good shows on twelve thirty. So, uh, and I look forward to telling you which ones are good and which ones are bad. <laughs> <laughs> and and
0: to be fair, the twelve thirty in the in the uh, in the poll that we did, the one in a landslide. So, against twelve twenty nine. And Jonathan, we talked a lot about twelve twenty nine ninety four the yeah. day. so i i
3: sorry i missed it i had to you know burn all my notes so nobody would you know nothing would leak out i understand <laughs> um, i understand and
2: i want um, i'm going to give you a platform to speak quickly about one of your favorite jams that you witnessed but before we do that before we do that we have to tell you a bit about our presenting sponsors here before we get in the meat of today's episode i want to tell you all about shift genuine cannabis HF pod on tour. We've been back now for like two weeks. This is like a regular thing that we do with our weeks. This is super fun. Do you know what goes great with HF pod on tour? Cannabis. You ever done an HF pod show on weed? HF pod on tour is proudly presented by shift genuine cannabis, which is based and sold in sunny Colorado, sunny and warm Colorado. It's a little chilly right now, but it's pretty warm. It's amazing. Back in July, the Osiris team had a chance to visit the Shift Ranch outside of Telluride, Colorado. Just a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. And we toured their grow. It was an amazing experience in so many ways. RJ talked for five and a half hours to a scientist while Jonathan and I toured the facilities. It was incredible. We got to see the care and attention to detail that Shift puts into growing their flower. The facility was beautifully high-tech with every detail in place. As I noted, we got to meet their on-site scientists to hear all about how tissue culture and advanced propagation techniques play a huge role in plant health and quality and saw firsthand the billions of data points on growing and environmental conditions they collect and analyze to make sure that the bud that you get is consistent, pure, and of the highest quality. And it is the highest quality. Shift cells, flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, and concentrates, please visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Megan, who else are we presented by?
4: So we are also sponsored by Section 119. And if you haven't looked at their website, you really should, because they don't make just your usual sweatshirts and t-shirts. They also make really nice things. They have this like beautiful Grateful Dead scarf right now. They just have really gorgeous stuff and really high quality. I think Brian is modeling actually something from Section 119 today. This donut hoodie that he wears often. Look at that. I mean, beautiful. Looks so good on you, Brian. And there, it's like
2: wearing a hug.
4: Yeah, that's what I hear. I don't have one. I'm just putting that out there. I don't have one of these donut hoodies. So if anybody is so inclined, um, please feel free to pass along. Uh, Section 119 was started by a couple of huge fans who wanted more than just a t-shirt to kind of show their appreciation for our favorite bands. And it's turned into this huge line of unique apparel for fish and dead fans. And right now they're running their biggest promo, ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays. So you can visit section 119.com to check them out, find cool gifts for your wife, your sister, your husband, your brother, your dad, whatever. Or you can buy something for yourself if you want because you deserve it. So that's section 119.com. And on your way out, uh, please let them know that we sent you at Pod, and you can just take the post-purchase survey on your order confirmation page.
3: I, I just want to say the only thing um, that almost was as fascinating as the science stuff and all the fascinating data things they're collecting at Shift was uh, the discovery that Brian Brinkman is an amazing karaoke singer.
0: It's true. What? It's true. We, oh, did, yeah. a mid, we did a
2: what?
4: Midwestern duet. Um, what did you sing?
2: We were working on our night moves.
4: Oh my gosh! This Seager is incredible. Was
3: amazing. It, was, yeah. it was, outstanding. <laughs> incredible.
2: If everyone out there sticks around until our January shows, uh, we may be doing a live karaoke contest. We'll see.
3: <laughs> I, I'm kind of busy yes. in January. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, I, while we're talking about companies we like, I just this—they're not an official sponsor, but I'm—I'm I'm using this Passion House coffee mug, um, mm. and I just want to say that Passion House is—they're so great. They—I order coffee from them. Often, they ship everywhere. Um, they're started by, by an awesome fish fan, and um, they're a great company. And um, if you're looking for coffee gifts for people, Passion House would be a good idea.
3: That's uh, all yeah, saying. I want to second that their coffee is great. I order it periodically and uh, really enjoy it.
2: It's great stuff. So, today we are talking about a very special day. Perhaps the most special day. Uh, My favorite day, uh, December 30th, but um, I said this a couple of minutes ago and I want to give my co-host Jonathan a platform here to talk about a jam that he witnessed from, I believe, behind the stage that came one day earlier that we talked a bit about, but I want to just give you 120 seconds and not a second longer to tell us about your experience at 1229.94 witnessing the David Bowie
3: the parking decks were cold that day my friend um, no it was it was wicked cold we had seen the 28th and we drove up uh post show from philly and the car quit on us somewhere in the middle of god knows where and got out kicked it really hard in the uh, back left quarter and then got in started up again and drove the rest of the way to the hotel and uh we got we got to the show uh kind of early and for no good reason there's no lots to speak of it's just parking decks but the decks were crawling with with heads and it was uh i I think i mentioned that it was cold and we got inside and had ourselves a hell of a show first set uh, things happened stuff went down um but you want to hear about the bowie and uh, yeah we I was seated behind the stage it was this was my third show let me just get that Jeez. right there in the middle third show and i was seated low behind fishman and i have ever since been a big fan of sitting behind the stage they i mean i i don't know i you've heard it i'm not going to run down all the music but i can tell you that i was pretty pretty much sober i was the driver Mm. for that whole uh excursion and my friends were not so much and they were (laughs) losing it i was kind of losing it it was crazy just absolutely crazy music it was just wild to see this performed wild to see this happen and they knew it they finished that and took a bow in the middle of the set they knew they had just done a thing and uh my God, they really had. Um, I guess if they had been going for three CDs for the the live one release, it would have made it. I'd like to think that at least. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was cool. Yeah, that's yeah. all I got, man. I don't know. I, someday I'll write something useful about it.
2: No, I love it. I love it. And, and the scene setting is great. But um, thank you. And I wish you had been here for our 1229 conversation, but I know, I know you had, you had important business to attend to. And we are here. The important thing is that you're here for the most important fish date of the year, which I will just continue to reemphasize, which is December 30th, which I keep saying. And, um, fan listener out there, Holt Nichols reminded us that 123098 was their first MSG show and only third show as well. A very, very good show uh, and a show that has the vibe of a 1230 show, which we're going to get into. But before we do that, we we need to answer a question. What does December 30th mean to all of you out here? RJB, I'm going to start with you. What does December 30th mean to you in the context of a New Year's run? What What does that date signify for you?
0: Um I'm starting to buy into your theory Brian and your and your narrative about It's dish. working then good. So yeah, it's working. I think um this is like the at least through the music more more recently and in the past like this this is a exploratory night a lot of times most of the time I think and I feel like the I don't know if this is true but my speculation would be that would be that maybe they get the new year's kind of gag stuff under control by the by the 30th they're comfortable in the venue they're playing together well and everything is kind of working and then this ends up being a little bit of like a let off steam and just kind of go out and play night before the before the the main event on the 31st and um going back as far as you know the the early 90s like every twelve thirty show I would say every 1230 show really delivers. Although I think most 1229 shows deliver too, but there are just some monstrous moments on 1230 that we'll talk about that. I think lends credence to the theory that there's something about this night before night that is special.
2: Yeah. I think that sense of the new year's like all the logistics being under control and they can just kind of go out and play a show we talked about that that like you know 1229 is kind of the only fish show of the run if you will we're like 1228 is it feels like a tour opener in in a lot of senses 1230 has so much historical lore the beauty of 1229 is that they can kind of just come out and play a show but you wonder like are they still prepping at that point in time for new year's whereas 1230 they've had two nights in the room as, as we now you know see them play single night runs uh, for, for New Year's Eve. And they kind of come out and just like feel comfortable. Um, Megan, before I go to you, I just want to say a note to the audience. If any of you have thoughts about 1230s, your favorite 1230s, your favorite 1230 jams, big memories, uh, what the vibe of a 1230 show means to you, please, please go ahead and share your comments. I'll shout out really quickly Jackson Richards Three nights into a run, everyone is comfortable and settled in at MSG. Everyone's excited for New Year's Eve, and we almost forget that we're about to get our minds blown tonight. Kind of says it all for me, Megan. What does it say to you?
4: Yeah, he said that so well. Thanks, Jackson. You took the words out of my mouth. No, I think that, you know, they've just, they've probably pretty rehearsed for the next night. And I think that they're feeling like, Probably pretty set for the 31st. And I would think that the 31st is probably a fairly scripted show. I don't, you know, maybe some of the sets are not as scripted, but I would think as you get on towards the gag, the set is probably more scripted. So this seems like a night when they're really able to do some amazing things, some incredible bust outs, debut a song, do like a huge jam, really, like you were saying, RJ, just like explore. And I mean, it's the night before the night. I think you have those huge kind of anticipation feels on New Year's or on Halloween or on some of these big events. And I know we're going to talk a lot about Big Cypress, but like the fact that they could deliver a show like they do the night before New Year's Eve in 99 is just amazing because they can still just go out and deliver. And I think that is because they have that sense of like, tomorrow's the event, tonight we just get to play.
2: I love that yeah the the night before the night like just that sentence like says it says it all to me what do you say Jim?
3: you know 12 28 12 29 they um they can take a toll right you come in hot 28 you're ready throw down 29 oh my god they've raised the bar again you throw down you have a great time 12 30 you come in like oh man we're gonna do four of these and uh and so I you know I think twelve thirty is a night where some people maybe take it easy. I'm talking about the audience here. The band, on the other hand, just like you guys are saying, they're warmed up, they're relaxed. They know what like three or four songs make up the gag. things that they're definitely gonna do tomorrow night. So now let's just all right, so we can do everything else, and they just they do. They throw down. Uh, we get big jams, we get unlikely songs, we get, you know, I, I, whatever, and just about anything's on the table, except for, as I say, like the three or four, you know, the core of the gag, I think. And, um, and usually you walk out at 1230, like, man, I don't know what I would have done if I had been drinking too much tonight. You know, I don't know if they got, to made it, you know, or what have you. And then you sleep until 1 PM on 1231. And uh, you go and do it again.
2: One thing that's always interesting about this date is there's usually one of the big core jam vehicles reserved for the second set of the, you know, like a tweezer, the Down With Disease. In 1997, there was the ACDC bag, which has had some great jams throughout uh, that period. In 93, you get Mike's song, which had been so prolific throughout 1993. But the other thing you get that I tend not to associate with 1229 as much are bust outs. And I think specifically of, 1997's um sneak and sally through the alley to open that show uh i think about 2003 that first set had a ton of rarities for the year a lot of songs that were played for the first time 2009's first set was almost entirely a bust out and then followed the second set had a 17 minute get back on the train so there's that like shared vibe of These are the big fish songs that are being played in big moments. Your second set opener, Tweezer, your second set opener, Down With Disease, combined with here's a bunch of really special one-timers that we're going to throw out for you. And you combine kind of these two elements of a fish show that so many people chase. The bust outs, the rarities combined with our favorite collective songs that are going to be jammed, be it intentionally or not. That's just, that's the feeling that you get walking away from that. I don't know. It's just special, man. I, I, I feel like when we were going through these, every one of us was sharing, you know, like 2018 has these great moments, 1997. And every time I saw like pictures of what you guys were all playing, it just like made me that much more excited because it's just a date that has so many signature highlights. Um. I'm curious, you know, we've talked a lot about intentionality. Do any of you guys think at this point, you know, we've seen now looking back five or six years, the band has played so many high quality shows on 1230. Do any of you guys think that there is a sense of intentionality that they're walking out on stage at that point like that? Um, or, or do you think that it's just kind of chance and the vibe in the air?
4: I think there's definitely intentionality. I mean, I think of, you know, 2018 when they played Bliss for the first time. I mean, that had to be planned out. You know, Trey picks up his acoustic guitar. Things are special. Like that's definitely something they've thought they thought about doing. Um, I would think that a night that they feel like they've done so well in the past, or that's clicked for them, maybe it is just magic. But it seems like it clicks for them more often when I feel like. For some reason, these nights that become kind of special in fish history continue to be special. I mean it's pretty incredible these shows listening to them back to back. There just seems some sort of intentionality to it.
3: Yeah. Was it RJ who said that, you know, they're settled into the venue? Uh, you know, this is the th- particularly in the more modern era after the early 90s, where they weren't actually traveling point to point during the run, mm-hmm. you know, they are comfortable, right? So they're You know, nowadays Trey's sleeping at home when they play Madison Square Garden, right? And so they're uh, they're none of the travel, none of the jitter, none of that stuff. It's just uh, they're playing comfortably, and they're whatever level that the year has led them to. They're playing kind of at that that level. So, uh, yeah, I think they they're, they're just ready to deliver.
0: yeah i mean i think the (laughs) jackson says it's 100 percent magic Um, total
2: magic i love it
0: yeah i mean it's interesting because there's i also think over time they've paid more attention to what they're doing on stage like i think they think about it more now than they used to right so if you go back to like the 97 show we were talking about that feels to me like it was just that was just like magic things were Um, just happening they were just (laughs) It was just happening, like, no matter what. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's it feels a little bit more planned out. And I think they spend a lot more time planning out the set lists and, and figuring out what they're going to play than they used to. But, yeah, there's I think there's something about being set up for a party and then being able to just hang out. I mean, like, most weddings I've been to, I have more fun the night before the wedding than the night of the wedding. Because, like, everyone's there and the wedding's, like, planned and it's going to happen. But, like, everyone's just kind of hanging out and not a lot of expectations. So, I don't know. That's what I like. That's what I... That's what I compare it to.
4: Yeah. There's no like stuffy outfits and photo staging, right? Like the new year's are a big event. There's like a lot to it that takes away from kind of the music or the, the wedding, right? Where the night before you're just getting to hang with your friends and throw down at like a sick fish show. And I think that's, that adds a lot to it. I
3: also think the expectations, I talk about that a lot on here, right? So try as you might to walk in without expectations on new year's eve you're you've got them there's going to be a big thing sure. they're going to do a, a three sets it's going to be this that and the other you know you walk in you want to what do they have they rigged up here what's <laughs> hanging from above the stage you know and you're where's look at all the balloons and the thing and you know you're it's none of that the night before you know they have it in their minds somewhere in the back of their minds but they also know they don't have to worry about that tonight um, so they can you know go out there and just play and bring out George Clinton or you know whatever just seems to be going on in town at the time <laughs> you know whatever it just whatever comes up they're ready to roll with it and um yeah so it's a pretty good night of the month i mean maybe not the best but uh <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> We're going to convince them, Brian, by the end of the show.
2: <laughs> well, I'm looking, uh, you know, RJ did such great deep research ahead of uh, the 1229 show and throughout the Ardmore Hall's uh, 1229, uh, um, uh, first ever 1229 performance. And I'm looking up 1230 of that year. 1989 was played at the Wetlands, which just like think about it in your mind. Like they play the Wetlands on December 30th, 1989. Five years later, they will play MSG. Like when I think about the, that five-year period that like led to them, you know, Trey fist pumping MSG when he's, when he's opening up with, with Wilson and like people are just raining Wilson cheers down on him just five years earlier, they're playing at the wetlands, which is a huge accomplishment at the time for them. But while it's an incomplete set list, you get, um, the encore kind of says it all to me. It's the first ever performance of Auld Lang Syne. It's also their first new year's related run that then goes into a complete traditional Mike's groove. That's the encore. Like that to me is the type of thing. When when I think about why I love this date that only seems to happen on this date where the the band just feels that pre new year's joy. Um, What you guys were talking about, RJ and Megan, the sense of like the night before a wedding, when you've reunited with all of your friends and you have this great night that happens leading up to the night that everyone came there for. And it's just that that mixture of spontaneous energy and also expectation of what's to come next, but almost removing expectation because it's December 30th. And if you polled Americans as a whole of what they prefer, 1229 or 1230, they would say 1230. December 31st, New Year's Eve. I don't know what you're talking why, why are you so concerned about the nights before? But like Fish has kind of carved out this space where those two nights tend to have such a special vibe to them.
3: Yeah, I, I want to get to the segment where we get into highlights because I've got, I I, I got to tell you, my research, I completely ignored 2.0 which there's not a lot of for 2.0 and and 99% of 3.0 uh, other than the 2019 show um I have notes for every 1.0 1230 show and things to say but I don't want to jump ahead of your you know your program Brian but but you know yeah it all starts with that 89 show Fluff's Travels the first ever Fluff's Travels that we know of It's 89, so who knows? It could have snuck in there somewhere. And then, um, yeah, and then it just kind of, the tradition is really formed. And and it's a great tradition. And, uh, you know, other bands do it. Grateful Dead did it for many years. And it's interesting to me also that, you know, the Dead stopped doing it after Bill Graham passed right as Fish took up the mantle if you will, or simply just got big enough to be able to do it uh, on a consistent yeah. basis on ever-increasing venues. Um, so it's interesting sort of unintended handoff on the timeline there.
2: Well, let's get into the statistics and the big moments and the highlights. Before we do that, we do need to take a very quick break to tell you a bit once again about our presenting sponsors. Uh, Mr. RJB, would you tell us a bit about Shift Genuine Cannabis?
0: I would love to. Um, Shift Genuine Cannabis our amazing presenting sponsor. Uh, they are based in Colorado. You might have heard us say that once before. They sell flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, concentrates. Go to shiftcannabis.com to learn more. They helped make HF Pod possible this year. They brought us back. We didn't know we were coming back until we met we met Shift. So we're grateful to be back. Thanks, Shift.
4: Thank you, Shift.
2: Thank you, Shift. We're very grateful to be back. And um, I will tell you about Section 119, which is our other presenting sponsor, of which I don't know if you know, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt of in this sweatshirt. Um, it's like wearing a hug. It's it's amazing. It's like a bear hug. It's like your best friend on 1230 coming up to you and being like, tonight's going to be great and giving you a huge hug. That's what this sweatshirt feels like. Um, right now, Section 119 is running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off the holidays visit section 119.com to check them out find great gifts for your wife your husband your brother your dad your kids your podcasting co host your favorite podcasting hosts whoever it may be your favorite audience members whatever it may be just buy stuff from section 119 spread the wealth 30 percent off section 119.com mr jm hart could you tell us about our third sponsor
3: I think I could do that. Um, I want to tell everybody about our good friends at Sunset Lake CBD. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. Did I get that right? To the point? There, there's the camera. Your
2: farm to your door. You got it. For
3: years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And in 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. With products for everyone, they offer pre-rolls uh hemp cigars, hemp flour, as well as tinctures, gummies, CBD coffee crafted with to help with stress, aches and pains. Um I have right here their their salve that I you know I put it on my hands for my arthritis. Uh the Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. Uh visit sunsetlakecbd.com use promo code HFpod for 20 20% off your purchase. That's sunsetlakecbd.com, promo code HFPOD.
1: What is a city without its music?
2: thank you thank you you're welcome let's do this let's talk 12- we've talked about the vibe we've talked about the what, what makes a 1230 show special without really diving into the nuts and bolts of this so let's spend the rest of this show talking about essential 1230 shows essential 1230 sets essential 1230 jams and we're going to finish this off by everyone sharing their favorite 1230 show um, I just did a quick count on fish.net. I think I got it right. There have been 21 December 30th shows played through the band's history. 22 if you want to count that Dust Torture from Letterman performance where uh, Letterman asks the band, does anyone need a ride back to Burlington? Um,
3: <laughs> He could get, 21 there, get sh- him there quick. You know, that was back he could. when Letterman was racking up the uh, speeding tickets on the way out of work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> 21 shows and... I'd venture to say like this has one of the highest batting and averages of shows in, in fish history. I mean, there's gotta be at least 16 to 18 of these that are veritable classics. Um, Jonathan, I know that you have isolated all 1230 shows to the 1.0 era. Start us off. What are some of the essential 1230 shows that we need to listen to and talk about?
3: Well, I, you know, I'm going to kind of speed round this a little bit. So I'm going to just name a show, give you a highlight and ask if anybody has comments on some of these as we go through. And I expect we'll get more and more comments as we go up through the years. Um, I think 92 uh, though, because we don't want to be remiss. 92 is um, honestly, it's like everything you, you need and expect from a 1992 fish show. They play it fast. They play it well. They play, you know interesting combinations you get a big ball jam in there bowie timber bowie all of that stuff little paul and silas great great show oh i walk the line at the after reba before the whistling totally cool totally random um they played it a few times before that but cool show thoughts
2: timber yeah. played for the first time since 1128 1990 it's a 257 show gap which should show you how much the band was playing at that era. I I think the only thing I'll say about it is like, yeah, I mean, isn't that crazy? It's, you know, almost 300 shows in two years. The only thing I'll say, like this show, I went back and listened to this as well. It kind of gives you, to your point, everything you expect from 92 Fish, but it also starts to hint at that 1230 vibe where you get a bust out, you get jams. And this is a band that's about to get a grand piano and is about to do a full tour of the United States and is about to have 1993 happen, which is a
3: huge year in fish history. Oh, did you say 93? Um, I did. So 90, 12, 30, 93, my big highlight for this show is definitely the Mike song. You mentioned it earlier. It is, I mean, it's huge. It hits hard. Uh, gets kind of melodic and just, it really kind of, busts out of its shell in a in a great way it is uh it, it's an outstanding version really good show uh i just want to point out that they play purple rain on this show and that becomes important soon um and really only to me nobody will care and you guys have comments on this you know grand piano etc we're in cumberland county civic center for you uh portland mainers out there Thoughts? i love
4: this show it's yeah. so beautifully played There's like an excellent flow to it it's so fun to hear how different they sound when they're not like taking songs really deep like they do now they're just playing so fast but it's really precise i thought i love these shows they have so much game so many game hench songs in them it's just like unbelievable can you imagine hearing like colonel forbins mockingbird punch you McGrupp? i mean it's just like all in one show it's so fun also the i mean obviously the mics monster sound it's really sophisticated. I think each band member sounds, like, really tuned in. I was listening to it and, like, isolating each one of them, and they all sound really great. Also, that piano in McGrupp is incredible. It's so pretty, incredibly gorgeous, and it has this perfect segue into Weka which, like, races along to these perfect peaks. And then there's a gorgeous slave. Paige is killing it, and Trey just takes it home beautifully. I love this show. It's
3: a good one. I, I think that um... – back to the mics i think this show does something that a lot of these the new year's runs do which is that it kind of hints at what's to come in the next year yes Mm -hmm. really this mics mics becomes you know that much more of a powerhouse in 94 um Mm -hmm. you they don't quite go to simple in this mics but when they get to that second jam and you hear the riff you could hear it happening but it just doesn't which is great because i prefer it not that way um I'll talk about my feelings on simple later. Should we move up?
2: I go just Brian. have two things. Well, we RJ, do you have anything you want to say about this show? Cause I just have two quick points. No,
0: I just, I just the, the addition of the grand in 93, which started, started the tour or started the year, um, up in, up in the Northeast and ended, ended this, this year here. It's just beautiful. Really nice.
2: One of the things I'll say about this show, I, I remember reading about this show in the Farmers Almanac, and it just it reads like an early fish show, and and it was like one of those shows that without ever hearing about it, people will criticize like reading shows on paper, reading set lists on paper. I get a lot, and I got a lot early on in my fish listening career about just like reading what they played at a show and being like, I have to get that tape. And this was one of those shows. It's apparently really cold outside. Everybody gets in. It's one of the biggest venues that the band has played at that point in time. The mics, as you spoke about, Jonathan, it's like a great uh, exhibit A, exhibit B of 93 jamming compared to the Marat Gin in terms of where the band is going to go. But Slave to the Traffic Light had not been played on the East Coast since, I believe, 1990 to this point in time. It had been busted out that summer, August 6, 93, at the Cincinnati Zoo Amphitheater, whatever that was. And if you listen to the tapes... You can hear after hold your head up, the front row start to chant "slave, just slave, slave, slave," and the band starts to play. It. It's the first time they play it in like two hundred shows. Amazing, amazing moment.
0: Really awesome. I sorry, I want to just amend what, what I said. They started this year on the third of February mm-hmm. in Portland, and then this was also right. in Portland. So I said Northeast, but I meant I meant Portland. And then they go to Worcester. It's good wraparound night. in a sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, exactly
3: um that's all so that the next year which was in case you're wondering 1994 um it's the first Madison Square Garden show I'm sure everybody's gonna have some thoughts on this one so I will keep mine short obviously the Wilson's a big deal it's on a live one um I love that they play I'm blue I'm lonesome in the middle of the second set but it comes right after this big tweezer that gets out and this is the kind of it's a quintessential late 94 jam um page like really shines on this one uh you know they take this thing out it gets, settles down there's hints where it could have gone into nitrous or it could have gone to big black fairy creatures or mars at one point but it doesn't and they hang with this jam and it's outstanding and the reason i mentioned purple rain before is because here we are one year later in madison square freaking garden and they play purple rain uh (laughs) in the second set and it's crazy like why what who i mean there's fish fans who love fish and are serious fish fans who hate it when they play that song because uh you know i don't know why uh but I I think it's a ballsy move. I think it's outstanding. And as you mentioned, they also played Letterman that afternoon. So that's pretty cool too. Who wants to go next? Come on. You guys all have thoughts on this. Meg, why don't you, why don't you uh, carry the, carry the torch here?
4: Yeah. I mean, I didn't spend as much time on this show. I mean, I think, I think it's a good show. I think that, it does show how they're kind of willing to do anything anywhere. I think also like thinking about where they're going next year and when they come in in 95 and open with Prince Caspian, which is just like, I don't know. It's just ballsy. It's just, it's just like, who would do that? But fish like, you know, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that tweezer is definitely worth a listen.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. This, this show tends to strike me as it's a historically important show. It's the first, uh, show at MSG. Uh, to me, my favorite part of this show is the Wilson because you hear throughout '94 hints of the Wilson chant coming out, and we talked um, on HF Pod Live back in October about 1027 '94 uh, from Charlottesville that opens with Wilson and has like scattered shots of of people yelling Wilson, but it hadn't fully caught on, as I understand, until this show. And there's YouTube footage of Trey, like arena rock God in MSG, like with his fist up in the air as everyone is yelling Wilson at him. It's just like, it's kind of that moment where the band has leveled up in a way. And I agree with you. The tweezer kind of compartmentalizes all these crazy sounds of the previous couple months. To me, 94's big show is going to be 1229. Obviously, this is like a historical next step for them.
3: Oh, I, I didn't mean to imply that this was in any way better than the Bowie, but it's big <laughs> and it's important. And the Bowie is more, a little more unique. This one is, you know, it's a lot of what they've been doing. And again, PreSage is yeah. what would come after the break when they came back in the summer.
2: Totally you agree know. with that.
3: RJ, do you have any, uh, anything on this one? Cool. No, you guys got it. Uh-huh. Tweezer. 1995. Tweezer. 1995 is kind of, I mean... It's easily outshone by the next night, right? I mean, we'll talk about twelve thirty one ninety five later. Um, and I love Meg's point about the uh, the Caspian being, yeah. you know, kind of a ballsy move. But they they, they do roll into two thousand one after that. Um, a lot of great stuff in this one, I think. But I'm really here for the Harry Hood early in the yes. second set. It is uh, is everything you want and expect a hood from that time frame to be right.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite things that they were doing with Harry hood in December 95 was they were peaking it and then they were kind of going quiet again. It's, it's almost like the alive one version from fall 94 and they were just seeing how much can we stretch this three chord jam and how can we quiet it down and build the tension all over again. And they do it in such a way in this version that it sounds like they've almost walked off stage and just press play on a pre-recorded jam and just let it play out to the audience it's so i don't think trey misses a single note and every single beat of it just builds and builds and builds perfectly i this is one of my running jams that if i'm having like a terrible run and i need something to pick me up you know i put this on it's 15 minutes you're going to take me about two miles everything's going to be okay. And I know like by the end of it, I'm going to be feeling really, really good. And I can go another couple.
0: I, I think it's a good, the hood is there's a great Bowie also, and a great hood. I think this show is slightly overrated though. in, in, In the grand scheme of things, I think it's like, i don't know why i remember getting the tapes i mean i think prob- probably because like compared to the next night as you said jonathan it's like you know the, the, like it's kind of all about the hood which is great it's great it's a it's a
3: magnificent version i like the madness of that ice kung ice but i'd like to clarify if it wasn't clear before i think it's rightfully overshadowed by 1231 i mean it's, yeah yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's not better it's it's a it's a good show
2: that's all I think I would argue to to RJ's point that like everything we've talked about thus far like the magic of 1230 it really starts in that 92 the 93 show especially from Portland and it picks up again in the late 90s and it becomes almost like a, a thing that 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 follows the band on this date 95, you've got that great 1229 set in Worcester. Uh, 96 is predated by two solid shows in Philadelphia, and both Boston shows are so-so. Uh, I-, I would propose just where we're at right now that we jump to the goat of the goat date. Which is uh,
3: yeah, that show sucks. Uh, this Reba in nineteen ninety-six, <laughs> on the other hand, is so fucking good. I'm so good I had to drop the F Bond right here on live <laughs> internet television. Um, the, the 1239 shows kind of like stores. It just it is of... absolutely stunning. And the tweezer, which doesn't get super deep, it is kind of like an early 90s tweezer, beautifully segs into Life Boy. And uh, and if you won't have that, that's fine. I'll keep it. <laughs>
2: I am contemplating just hijacking this whole show and having Jonathan go song by song through 123096 because that would be <laughs> no, a very it's interesting it's a, it's a good it's a it's definitely a good show don't get me wrong your moments are great I, okay. I agree
3: no I, I really i those that's all i had on it um you're not entirely wrong i just you know the notion that we're going to spend the rest of the night talking about 123097 is really what worries me
4: <laughs> but Jonathan there's also 3.0 and i know you don't want to go there but there are some ethics well, in 3.0 there. Yeah.
3: We got I, guy, I, I got I got a meeting, so we can no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk twelve thirty ninety seven. Um I have thoughts, lots of thoughts. I will just reduce it to one single thought that this is my single favorite fish show of all time and contains everything I would want <laughs> in a fish show in one in one show. Um I may have other thoughts, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold myself at that. Megan, I know that you share a love for this show.
4: Tell yeah, us I was,
2: about twelve thirty ninety seven.
4: I was there, so I was hanging out with some very naughty people and having a lot of fun. I was, I think, I was twenty years old at this point, and just an amazing weekend in New York City. I don't know if it was the weekend, but a few days in New York City. And we were up to no good and went into this show super pumped and had been there the night before. And the scope of this show is just so incredible. I mean, have a second set that's over two hours long. It's just it's incredible. The bust out opener, Sneaking Sally. I think this taste is so gorgeous. Probably one of my favorite versions of that song they've ever played. The piano driven water in the sky and then this just relentless driving shredding stash and chalk dust. I mean, I I think that this whole first set is so incredibly strong. I think a day in the life is a perfect first set closer. So fun. It's so special as Save a first set there. closer. I was really
3: coming for you for a second.
4: No, I mean that's like that's <laughs> so good. You like just absolutely rip the place up with stash and chalk dust and then you kind of land in this like incredible cover of day in the life. Love it. Um and I know I got a lot of crap from you guys, but this is my favorite ACDC bag ever. I think it's just so groovy. It's so texturally rich. It's funky and then just super delicate. And this point in my life, I was like newly in love and was at this show with my new boyfriend and old friends. And I remember this jam just like radiating through me. And it's just was one of my like most favorite moments dancing to fish. And that says a lot because I have a lot of those moments, but that's just a special, a special version. And then into, I mean, McGrop, I mean, I want more McGrop in my 4.0 shows now, like listening to all these 1.0 shows, like that needs to happen more often. Please make that happen for us boys. Um, The harpoo is hilarious. You know, I, I mean, and his encore is, is just next level. I think that, all this, the I was listening to over and over again that segue from Black Eyed Katie into Sneaking Sally. The Moma Dance is like one of my favorite songs, and hearing it kind of in this form, like before it became the Moma Dance, and hearing how they go back into Sneaking Sally. You can hear them on the recording, just like, yeah, yeah, like, like, just are so feeling it. It's just, I think what you were saying, RJ, earlier, that this show is just pure magic. Like, this is just not a night where they went in like, we're going to play a great show. Like, it just happened that way. It was just so good. So good.
3: I, I want to clarify for anybody who's who's watching that we did say, some of us may have on a text thread said that we prefer the 91499 ACDC bag. But it is a close call. And it, there is Take no shame. And we, we do not mean to ding you at all. I say we I certainly would not take you down at all for liking this one more because it is outstanding. Um, I don't know how anybody had the energy to survive the relatively languid Black Eye Katie at that point in the night. It's after mm-hmm. midnight and you've had this incredible dance fest all night long. Uh, I, 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 I would have been knocked out, but the transition I don't to, think I practice, was sober but yeah well I think that would probably help yeah um the transition into sneaking sally though is as you say just outstanding it's really beautiful um it's uh it's it's a good show and again you know I think that that um the way they play that encore kind of presages what we're going to get in the island tour
2: and that's a really good point cuz CJ uh on Twitter at ingest mentioned uh, when RJ was well, RJ posted that he was listening to the ACDC bag and CJ replied that this is the jam where 1997 turns into 1998. And it's so group driven. It's so uh, kind of focused. Like if you compare this to the Hampton version that happened just a month and a half earlier, which sounds so influenced by Trey's love for my, my bloody Valentine, this is where you start to get those kind of, blues and grays that come into the music and like that, just subtle Brian Eno approach. And like, it's, it it sounds like it's, it's moving them towards the ambient jam. And there's a moment at 1412. I texted you all. It was about, about 1330. I was wrong. I went back and checked my notes, 1412 on a live fish recording where the jam is just building and they're all like one instrument and Fishman hits the snare drum and they all just change on a dime and the jam just like whatever whatever tempo they're playing at, they all change at the same time. I didn't get that moment fully until I saw my first show at MSG and I understood that the floor moves because you're like six stories above the ground. And it almost feels like the band at that point was just trying to get the floor to move and just seeing, can we shift with the crowd and can we keep the floor moving? I don't know. It's total locked in jamming from fish.
0: Yeah, the diversity of the jam is just pretty even for 97, which had a lot of amazing stuff. It's it's pretty notable. And I think I agree with what CJ said is like the beginning of the of the next phase of their improvisation. Whereas most of the 97 jams, there were, you know, so many amazing jams, but they all were like, you know, they they kind of followed a, a specific course, and this one is just it's just so off the map. It's it really amazing. Great show. Like start to finish.
2: Incredible. i also cry every time trey and tom hit the uh hannibal lecter moment in 500 miles it just sounds like you know 25 years of friendship peaking at msg in that moment singing a ridiculous cover of that song it's just it's so i don't know it's it's the combination of their joking side mm-hmm. and their jamming side in such a good way um should we move can on I, though? Because can I recap 98
3: in, in like three words down with disease? All right, there, we've done it.
2: I'm just going to counter with three additional words, the squirming
3: coil. Yeah, that's good too.
2: It's a great second <laughs> set. It's a very it moody second brilliant. set.
0: Yeah, so I'm mean, really getting it's... getting in an interesting
3: territory. Are we going two, two words for the next show's lightning round? <laughs> no, no, no. I think we can't for okay. the next one. Okay. But uh, you know but it is a great like five sunset also interesting that's the first and only grind until hampton 09 but right kind of random and so 99
2: <laughs> how do you set up set the table for big cypress i don't know i i guess it, they it, did it
3: this is it. I mean, this is big cyclists. We've, we've all driven hundreds or thousands or, you know, I don't know, 50 miles, depending if you're from Miami or wherever, you know, (laughs) it's probably more than that from Miami, but uh, it's an afternoon set opens the whole thing up and it's a blast. And then, um, you know, there's a whole podcast people can listen to if they really want to get the details on this. I don't know who made it or if it's any good, but it's out there. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, the, I, I just want to talk about the the tweezer is into taste is real nice, uh, Jabu uh, in the second set it's so great, so fun. We had the best time, but really I have to come back around to Mike's song again. Um, this Mike song was so massive. I thought the I felt like the entire field was going to lift off and fly into space. The smoke machines were on overdrive. It was just crazy noisy and weird uh, my my wife and daughter had gone to bed during the set break so they're all back in the tent so i'm by myself and just leaping about having the greatest time and as as mike song kind of grinds to an end i'm like please play hydrogen please because that's my thing and 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 then they play simple and i was crestfallen like fucking hate simple at that moment um and then they played hydrogen and it was the best. It was absolutely just amazing. What a, just a good opener for the weekend. I mean, the sound check was real good the day before, um, but the weather was beautiful. The music was awesome. And uh, yeah, the band yet yeah. great night. Great night.
2: I'm always amazed looking at the set list because you have ghost tweezer Wilson, Harry Hood, Choctaw's Antelope, Mike's Groove. Like, I have to imagine walking away from the field when you're like in a fish run. And maybe this is just me, but I have a really hard time like predicting, oh, this is, of course, on the table for tomorrow night because I'm just kind of in the run. I feel like I would walk away from this show being like, how are they going to play a seven hour set tomorrow? Like they're playing so many big songs right out the gates that the idea that they're going to come out tomorrow and like play, they have a huge task ahead of them. It's amazing that they had the, you know, confidence at this point about playing the, the, the 1239 or twelve thirty one ninety nine show that they could come out and play so many heavy hitters and know that we'll be okay across, across the midnight to sunrise set.
4: I felt I the want- same way. I was like, this is fearless, you know, it- <laughs> Tweezer and Tweezer reprise, like, they're not even saving the reprise. Like, they're like, right. we're just going <laughs> to dump tonight. You know? It's like, I think that's just why they can do these things, because they're not ever worried about this stuff. I, it's just, like, it's so And amazing. it's a
2: three-set like, show.
4: It's a three-set show. Like There's no reservation. It like, it's crazy. It's yeah, just,
3: Well, it's a it's, festival, man. We we throw down.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You really do. <laughs> I love that Tweezer. It's super delicate. It's like a patient jam parts of it. It's just, like, really... It's so good. I like that one a lot.
3: It slides beautifully into that taste mm-hmm. too. RJ, do you want to cap what off this 1.0 on talk and uh, and let us go forward? Yeah, I mean, this show is like it's
0: it's somewhat overlooked again by the by the night after, but it shouldn't be. Totally, you know. That's yeah. all. That's all. Um, Brian, we're close to the time that we're supposed to end. We don't have to end it ever, but
3: should we? Let's how should we go do all this? night. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Uh, <laughs> <know>. till <laughs> the morning. We'll, we'll
2: just keep like going fish. here. We'll
4: be fearless, too.
2: I think, that, um, I think that what we should do is we should discuss our – I think everyone should pick a 1230 show that begins from 2.0 onward and just give us a breakdown of why this is – your, and and let's call it the more than likely the 3.0 1230 love here. And we know that over the last six years, I want to say the band has come out and played just an incredible 1230. It's been almost like money in the bank. You know, that they're going to play a crazy show on 1230. Megan, I'm going to start with you. What is your 1230 pick? It could be 2.0 3.0 that we should all listen to.
4: Well, you might have an idea, but it's 1230, 2019. This show is so, so special, so good. It was the last time I saw Fish before the COVID, everything happened. Um, but the anniversary to their first time playing at Madison Square Garden 25 years later, perfectly crafted and played first set, opening with Wilson just like they did 25 years ago, this like historic nod, this final hurrah into this... Awesome 46 days. Curtis Lowe bust out, a tremendous blazon that's often overlooked because of this epic tweezer in the second set. But that blazon is really, really beautiful. Karina, I mean, it was so quiet during that song. I was on the floor and I'm short, so I can't see anything when I'm on the floor, which is kind of a cool experience because you're just. In the lights, like I call it being in like the soup. You know, you're just in the lights, in the bodies. You're not trying to look at anything. You're just you're just there. And that Karina was like, you could hear a pin drop and they sound so beautiful. Paige sounds incredible. His voice, his singing sounds amazing. It was just really magical. I think the song selection in the show is like perfect. It's just such a good set list. Mics into contact Wikipog. I remember my face was like hurt from smiling. I just, and then to end on more, it was just, it's such a triumphant set closer. It felt like we'd already seen like a full awesome show at the end of the first set. And we were just like, What could be next? And when they open with that tweezer, I mean, this is probably my favorite tweezer. I'm sure there's there's other ones that people like more, but And I think I probably have a major attendance bias on this one for sure. But that beginning of that tweezer is so crisp and so authoritative. It's just like they're playing so precisely and it's so hard. And I just think it's perfect, the beginning of that tweezer. It just – I was on the floor with my friend and we were just like totally getting down. People were just like, oh my God, like what is happening? It was so good, that jam. and it was like a whole journey. I felt like I experienced like a lifetime in that I played a little bit for my third grade class yesterday to kind of see what they thought at about like the 18 minute mark, 18, 19 minute mark. And a few of my favorites were one of them felt like it reminded them of all the good memories they have. And another one said it felt like being inside a marshmallow. So I feel like those are pretty good ways to describe what that jam gets to. It's just it's, it's incredible. It, it's so beautiful. And I just think that that tweezer to me was just a super special moment and I'll never forget it. And the Ruby Waves is great. I mean, it's like a four song set, right? They're going like in and out of Ruby Waves and it's, it's just, it's so great. And the Slave is beautiful. And then an absolutely perfect encore with rock and roll. That show is was so fun. I listen to that show all the time.
3: What are you feeding your students at snack time? Do you guys still do snack time <laughs> in third grade? I, don't, I don't.
4: Corrupting young minds every day.
3: Uh, I was at that show. It's freaking awesome. That tweezer is amazing. I agree with everything you said, except for being short on the floor, because I have never, I don't do either of those things, really. So.
4: <laughs> Somehow you'll have to experience from my point of view some time on the floor. It's interesting. <laughs>
3: Bring me a chair. Um, All
2: right, so 123019 is off the table, an amazing show. And as Jackson Richards noted, I uh, was up on the screen here. We should at least mention that the last five 1230s have been seriously tremendous shows, and he's absolutely right. Totally um, agree. I think every one of them could be talked about here uh, as long as we talked about the 1.0 1. ones. Um, Jonathan, what is your pick for the 1230 show that you want to highlight?
3: uh well i'm kind of on the spot here because really i would probably have gone with 99 if i had had the whole canon or i would have gone with 19 if it hadn't just been picked so i'm gonna go ahead and and just kind of gently highlight the year before because i was there and it's pretty great um i was Pretty ecstatic to get another Alumni Blues, Jimmy Page Alumni Blues, which, you know, in 2018, I should not be saying another. Like, you know, you're not supposed to be getting that. That's supposed to be gone. But here we are. They they were playing it, and uh, it was pretty great to see. Um, Oh, and then Mike's Glide 2, first one of those since 95. Come on. Uh, This is not a complaint. I'm just, you know, it's kind of astounding. Uh, the first bliss, um, which Megan mentioned earlier, right? So I'm pointing this way, but she's that way. It's confusing, cameras—they're weird. Um, it's just a really just cool, fun show. Big week of sandwich in the in that first set too. Um, the second set has this uh, cool amber mercury opener. I really like that, but the everything's right plasma light sequence is kind of out of this world um i'm hoping you guys can back me up on that because i i didn't listen to that in advance of this because there's just too many 12:30 shows and some of them are good um no um but i i do remember the split open and melt being insane um
4: yeah i was there too i agree the show is awesome out.
3: it gets i love weird, everything about this show it's so good and uh yeah so that's my vote um, and according to Fish.net, they uh, they changed the lyrics to Lemonized Blues to reference National Bacon Day. And maybe <laughs> that's why 1230 shows are so good, because bacon. No, I don't know. It's a bad theory. But there you go. I mean,
2: I, I remember this show just in the sense that we talked about this on Tuesday. They played such a great 1229. And there was, I wouldn't say like a worry, but it was how do they top that going into 1230? and to come out and do alumni mics and then they go into glide to and i was not at the show but it was one of those fun experiences when a really good fish show is happening and you're on twitter and it's like the internet explodes um right. that happened and then they play wika pog goes into cross bliss internet explodes again you know later in the set tube goes back and a of pog goes back into tube but to me the uh, this is one of those shows that gets like a full respin every so often from me because I love the entirety of it. You get a four song encore as well, but the, everything's right. There's something about the tone that Trey reaches, and he just hits this phrase on his guitar that the band is completely on board with, and he doesn't miss a note. I mean, there's one like Kind of offset note that that works, but then he he catches himself and he just builds to this peak. That to everyone I've li- I've I've talked to who was at the show felt like the entirety of MSG was going to lift off. It's like you were talking about with that Mike song from '99. Like it's just a collective moment where the music meets the audience meets the moment in such a special way. RJ, what do you got? Yeah, What's your twelve thirty show.
0: Well, I just want to say about the 18 show, that was um, a really, I think it's just sort of a masterpiece of a show. Um, the whole thing just worked so well and I was there and I, I loved it. And during Waiting in the Velvet Sea, my wife told these people behind us to shut up while while they were, because they were talking during Velvet Sea. And it was just a proud a proud moment for me. So um, I will say like the 20, 2013 and 2015 versions both have set two opener chalk dust which is my favorite thing to happen at a show in addition to hearing tweezer but a a second set chalk dust opener that goes out there is really great so i just want to i think those are both worth revisiting um i think i like i think i'm gonna go to 2016 because the tweezer sparks ghost light that's like an hour of amazing music and um it was just I don't know. The first spark since 2011 um, and I, it just fit perfectly in there and I think that was a, a really a
3: really pretty awesome show. First first Carolina. I you, you didn't you didn't chalk that. First Carolina since uh, 3103. It's true. Um <laughs> cool show. Very cool show that one.
0: Really cool. Really great show. And really great uh Beth in the first set also. So 12:30 2016.
2: Amazing show has um one of my favorite ghosts i've ever seen and is is in my top three or four favorite shows i've ever seen i had great seats and i loved everything about that night i'm gonna go with 2017 just to finish off the run of shows that we've seen in a lot in recent history um this was we were talking about this before we went live the joy of having kids but wanting to go to a fish show um i had a ticket offered i was in maryland at the time and i was trying to get up to msg to go to this show and it just unfortunately didn't work out and i kept talking myself into it i texted a few people i was like it won't be as good as last year's twelve thirty, right you know and everyone's just like yeah yeah you'll be fine last year's was such a special show and then they come out and they go mike's <laughs> hydrogen a tweezer and like i don't know uh, it, 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 our, our, we're in like contention for 1211.99 and 1122.97 in terms of how you open a fish show. Like, I don't know how much better you can open a fish show than Mike's groove, a standard Mike's groove, and then a 20 minute tweezer. It's just amazing. It's so much energy. Uh, then to go into ass handed, just fit perfectly with where the band was in the mid 2010s. And it felt like a special nod back to the Baker's dozen kill devil falls, a great bathtub gin, um, Probably the worst played brother ever. Uh, I don't think that they find the groove at all. It kind of reminds you of the Sacramento version from this year, but it's endearing. It's fun. It's a bust out. It's the first one in 200 shows and then more to close out the set. And then they come out for the second set and they play a 28 minute down with disease that goes into such a crazy jam segment around like 14, 15 minutes Um, go into steam that has a full on ambient jam attached to the end of it light which has a cool jam farmhouse uh run like an antelope and then one of the best ways that you could close out any fish show sleeping monkey in a tweezer reprise it we we'd had great moments in 1228 and 1229 the 1230 kind of took that 2017 run and elevated it and you know this was they advertised this on the poster fish's great return to msg you know, tongue in cheek. Cause they just played 13 shows there over the summer, but like, it felt like in this show, everything that they felt about that venue was being celebrated across two sets.
3: Yeah, I was, I was kind of pissed because I went to the 29th and then I went home because kids and life and things. And, uh, yeah, then they played Mike's Hydrogen Wikapog Tweezer. And, um, <laughs> God, you can't see them all. Can't see That's them all. It is. Uh,
2: what I want to give a very special shout out, a very quick shout out to 1230 2012, my first 1230 show ever. <laughs> I had my the best seats I've ever had at a fish show aside from Chula Vista. I was just off page side, just like kind of... Uh, up a little bit i could see the lights go out on the crowd but i could like i felt like i was looking into pages keyboard rig and you could see the band chatting between songs which is such a cool experience about sitting in that segment in that section um but the disease that opens the second set jonathan talked about this earlier that kind of foreshadows where the band is going jamming wise over the next couple of years and the karini that comes midway through the second set it's like still one of the most evil jams i've ever heard the band play and i remember just looking around at people with like their hands on their heads just like what is happening right now uh just an amazing amazing moment um and just that twelve thirty vibe so anything else that we need to say about this glorious date of the year
4: what do you think have we convinced you have we convinced you rj jonathan yeah
0: yeah i think it's i think it's a fair i think it's fair i think it's fair i mean i think twelve twenty nine ninety four being having the best fish jam of all time is you know clouds my judgment a little bit but i but i do think there there's some monsters on on twelve thirty and i think it's i think it's appropriate um but i do also just well i just want to say thank you to everyone for watching and and listening Which is not, which has nothing to
3: do with your question, Megan. (laughs) But but, you know, (laughs) it's a good point, especially anybody who stuck with us this long. Exactly, we we ran a little (laughs) late. Exactly, we ran a little over. Derailed. It's all right.
0: You were great. You are a twelve thirty guide. Thought it was your
2: great. your march through 1.0 1230s was a was an excellent vet move. I really appreciate it. Just like <laughs> let's stonewall all the time that we can start <laughs> talking about 3.0 and we're only going to talk about these 5 years. It's I love A it. proper filibuster. <laughs> it was very <laughs> good. Um we'll be back on Tuesday, December 14th. Another good date in fish history. There's a really good show that was played on twelve fourteen was released officially back in 2001. Um, we will not be talking about that show, though. We will not be talking about 1231s. We're going to t- put a quick pause on our march through the New Year's Eve runs. We're going to be interviewing Brian Harding, who has put together the 1.0 film book, uh, which is going to be a really cool conversation. Um, for all those out there who have heard about this, you've probably seen pictures on Instagram. He's been collecting Um, physical photos that people took throughout 1.0 of fans, of shows, of the vibe of the 1.0 90s scene, and he's put them all into a coffee table book. So we're going to see some of those pictures, talk with him a bit about the concept behind the book, as well as talk to him about his favorite fish shows. He's going to be our fifth vote on whether or not 1230 is better than 1229, because we're undecided here in this group. Uh, That should be really fun. And then Thursday, we'll be back again next week, and that's when we'll talk through 1231. So, thank you everyone out there for hanging with us, for listening to us. Um, Before we go, Megan, do you want to tell us a bit about Shift again?
4: Absolutely. We just want to remind you that HF Pod on Tour is proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, based and sold in Colorado. Shift sells flour, pre rolls, cartridges, and concentrates please visit shiftcannabis.com and you can learn a lot more. Thank you, Shift.
2: Thank you, Shift. And I guess I will tell you all once again about Section 119, of which I am wearing the hoodie. Um, They are running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays. T-shirts, sweatshirts, blazers, uh, swim trunks, shorts, there's so much that you can buy. Masks. They still have the Masks. Ones. Great masks.
4: Stuff for your dog. You've got it all.
2: Stuff for your dog. It's just an amazing site full of uh, fish, Grateful Dead related merchandise. Um, find cool gifts for your wife, your brother, your husband, your dad, anyone, your your grandfather who saw the Grateful Dead and probably wants to uh, wear a Grateful Dead hoodie. I don't know, keep warm in the, in the winter, you know? Visit section119.com, 30% off, and fill out the post-purchase survey and let them know that HF Pod sent you. That's a huge help for us and a huge help for them. And with that, I will bid you all adieu for the weekend. Um, looking forward to hearing what 1231 shows and jams you're all listening to. And we'll be back here on Tuesday. Thanks, everyone.
3: Thank, thank you. Thanks. I'm not that old, man. I mean, thank you. Thank you.
2: Yes.